And we're back. The Leafs Convo in business once again for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. 0% financing on the go right now. Get at me for more. I'm Norm along with Mike. The Leafs Convo podcast continues on for Sunday, October 11th, 2020. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to all of our Canadian Leafs Combo fans and you American ones, your Thanksgiving is coming soon. Mark my words. Mr. Agello, last week we spoke. We were anticipating some things and we were hoping for some things to take place on behalf of making the Leafs better. One week later, boy, <laughs> that's some change. Yeah, we got some things. Uh, good morning, Norm. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the the Leafs, I think, stuck to their principles when it came to the entry draft and we'll talk about that in a few minutes but I everybody knew that this team was going to attempt to get a little tougher a little more experienced uh, to bolster to the right side of their blue line that they'd probably have to move somebody out for cap space and we didn't know what defenseman or you know whether it be Petrangelo or somebody else Mm -hmm. Um, and the picture has become clearer uh, for less than 48 hours into free agency. Zach Bogosian signing a one-year deal with the Leafs coming off his Stanley Cup championship run with the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's just the tip of the iceberg. I, I guess we'll start uh, with the first big piece of news. The Leafs taking Rodion Amaroff with the 15th pick in the first round of the draft. They did not deal it. They made it the first of several interesting picks. Well, Amaroff is a... Um... A left winger, uh, six foot, about 180 pounds. Although um, when it first came out, they were looking at the uh, the statistics from I, I don't know if it was Central Scouting or uh, you know when he was originally weighed that he was like 160 pounds. But uh, his agent Daniel Milstein uh, indicated that he was you know he had put on some poundage and he was a mature kid playing in the KHL. Started out started out uh, well in the KHL this season. Um, I mean, this is a good pick. He was, uh, Russ Cohen, who's on our buzzcast on another podcast that I do thought that this was a really good pick for the Leafs. He's a sturdy two way, uh, forward with an offensive, uh, with offensive tools, you know, projects as a top six, but you know, maybe he stays in the KHL for a year or two. And that's the theme of all these draft picks. Yep. We're not going to go through them individually, but they made 12 picks mm-hmm. and of the, tw- of the 12, Six are going to be playing in Europe. Five are going to the NCAA. And one, uh, William Villeneuve, mm-hmm. their fourth-round pick, is a CHL product. The reason for that is not anti-Canadian bias. It's because with the pandemic and everything up in the air in terms of you know the CHL playing a season or playing a part of a season, you know, Kyle Dubas, when I asked him a question about this, he said, well, we only have 19 months to really evaluate CHL players, whereas European players and NCAA players, you could have up to four years. So it's more of a developmental mm-hmm. model than it is anything. So I think in that instance, I mean, they took, I think it was four Finns and three Russians. Um, you know, they had they had a good draft. They drafted for their, their, for their you know, want of skill, which it's tougher to find skill uh, it, it, you know, to acquire it via trade or free agency rather than draft it and develop it. So, I mean, I, I get the, I get the, uh, 
the, the thought process, but a lot of people criticize them because they drafted a bunch of small skilled guys. And that's just short sighted. Yeah. They just picked up four North Americans, three Canadians, uh, three of those Canadians uh, you'd expect to be uh, not only talented, but bring a little bit of grit and toughness too. So, um, uh, you know, on the free agency end of things and through trade, all North Americans if, through the draft, Europeans, um, necessitated by what's going on in the world right now. I give Kyle Dubas uh, credit for making those picks and moving the team in a bit of a new direction by any means necessary, Mike, and this team needs to travel any path it needs to, and it must, mm -hmm. to achieve ultimate success. A few weeks ago, we talked about the idea of the Leafs bringing in a Wayne Simmons type of player, and lo and behold, they did that. A lot of fans excited about it. I know he is too. I read a quote. The sentiment has to ring true in that he doesn't know how much a team like the Habs may have offered him to go that way because he didn't even answer their call. It was pretty much Maple Leafs all the way for him. Well, he did He did say in his in his press availability that he did, um, his agent Eustace King did talk to other teams and that other teams, Mark Bergevin, the Habs GM, said that they did offer more money than than the the Leafs did. Um, that doesn't mean that they responded to it, but they did extend that offer. But that Simmons, because of family reasons and because you know he looked at the Leafs team and thought that that was a good uh, avenue for him to sort of restart his career, um, chose Toronto. He you know I guess he bought a, a house in Aurora. His you know he's got a child who's uh, a toddler, like one and a half years old, and he just wants to be closer to his home and play for mm. uh, play for play for the Leafs. And those those reasons are good enough. I mean, I like what he said in his uh, when he spoke to the media. You know, he he believes that uh, he can bounce back from some injuries that he's had over the last couple of years. Um, that he can get back. Probably, you know, I I think it's hyper. I think it's hopeful that he gets back to the thirty goal plateau. But if he scores fifteen or twenty in a in a lesser they don't need role, even, they don't even need that from him, Mike. They need him to be a support player and be the guy, as he says, who. Uh, jumps into the mix when one of his teammates is in trouble. Right. I mean, you're not going to turn it down is what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, I mean, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not Tom Wilson. He's not, no. uh, he's not a big forward, but you want him to provide mm -hmm. some pushback and to provide some energy. And I, I think he'll do that. So I, I like the addition and it was a million and a half, which is a very reasonable yep. number. So I think it was a good signing for Kyle Dubin. I know it's right. not basketball, but you you know this. There's only so much puck to go around, it, and you're expecting your your big guns, which the Leafs have plenty of, to produce offensively. There is no pressure on a player like Wayne Simmons to do too much offensively. Even a guy like Jason Spezza, it's chip in, uh, be there when the chips are down, be professional, support this crew. And I'm really excited to see Wayne Simmons don the blue and white. TJ Brody, I wouldn't say it controversial is is he more of a a poor man's Alex Petrangelo and sort of a the kind of guy that you know will endear himself to Maple Leafs fans but not necessarily the A-level blue liner that a lot of Leafs fans had hoped for he's not in the same category as Petrangelo that's why I've been so um you know 
positive in terms of them going after him. But, you know, the financial realities are, you know, Petrangelo is going to be drawing $9 million a year unless you're going to trade a, a William Nylander. You can't really mm-hmm. fit that in yep. your budget. I, I, I like Brody. He's a good defenseman. He's been a good defenseman, a top four defenseman for a number of years. He's played, as Dubas indicated, in, again, uh, after the signing. He's played with Mark Giordano for most of the last decade, uh, which means he's at a level where he can play with talent. And that's an important thing. Mm -hmm. So more than likely, he's going to play with Morgan Riley or play with Jake Muzzin on the top two pairs. Um, He's a left shot, but he's played the right side for almost all of his career. So I I don't think that's going to be an issue. The only issue I had was the $5 million cap hit was the second highest of any defenseman until Petrangelo gets signed. Then it's the third. But he, uh, Krug signed for six and a half. He signed for five. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of an overpayment. Um, but I, I also think that uh, the way they structured this, um, he has a no-move clause the first year, but they don't have to protect him in the expansion draft, just like uh, Jake Muzzin. Um, mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it gives them a little bit of flexibility because they could expose him Maybe they, maybe Seattle takes them, maybe Seattle doesn't, but it doesn't lock them into have, having to uh, expose younger defensemen like Justin Hall or Travis Dermott if they don't want to. So they have some flexibility, but it, it's a good signing. He's a good defenseman. From community, Bruce H., what is the potential for Joey Anderson coming over from New Jersey for Andreas Janssen? It was a necessity that the Leafs had to trade cap space. Once they signed Simmons and Brody, they were over the cap. Uh, Dubas said, you know, there were going to be other moves. I, I found it interesting that they they waited until after Ilya Mikheyev filed for salary arbitration before they made the deal. So maybe it was cooked in the books that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But this is a good this is a good deal because you know the Leafs needed to shed salary. You know, Janssen is a is a good player. There's no doubt. But you know, going back a few years. The Leafs didn't make any choices. They just signed everybody, and you knew that they couldn't last doing that. They signed Kapanen, they signed Janssen, they signed Kerfoot, they signed the the group, the the core four, and eventually they were going to have to make decisions. And Joey Anderson is a young player who really didn't get a lot of opportunity in New Jersey, but he's a very workmanlike player. He's got skill. Um, He scored at the AHL level. He's been given some opportunities at the NHL level, but not to the point that uh, he's give, been given like top six time, top six uh, ice time. And I, I don't know if he's that type of player, but he's going to be uh, probably under a million dollars for a couple years on a new deal. Uh, and he, he's somebody that I think fits into their bottom six. He's good two way player plays with some feistiness. It's mm-hmm. the type of player that maybe Zach Hyman was two or three years ago. So we'll see where he builds on this, but he's got talent. He's got the right kind of mindset that I think the Leafs are looking for in terms of, you know, a a two-way player that plays with Mm -hmm. an edge. So I think it's a good addition and we'll see how he develops. Also from community blues guy. Can't wait for Sundays. I wonder why we can't wait to do the podcast. Either blues guy, especially when we're talking about the Leafs transforming um, the way they have Zach Bogosian signing a one-year deal with the team will fill out a, a a bottom pairing. He's been around the block. He's got himself a, a cup and will have himself a ring by the time the next season starts or maybe a little into it. Uh, nice depth signing for Kyle Dubas, Mike. And uh, again, 
proving that the way that he was thinking this team would be built is not necessarily the way that he is building the team now based on the way he thinks this team needs to go. Well, the interesting thing here with all these all these moves are that they were very predictable because we had heard Simmons' name going back a couple months, even going back a couple years about the Leafs being interested in him. We know that they tried to trade for Brody, and when Bogosian was had his contract terminated by the Sabres just before the trade deadline, the two teams he was rumored to go to were Toronto and Tampa, and he chose Tampa and gets a Stanley Cup ring. I, I've seen Bogosian play in Buffalo for a number of years. When he's in the lineup, He's a pretty good defenseman. Problem is, he's never in the lineup. Now, he was healthy after the contract was terminated, and he played with Tampa. He played with Hedman for a while during the playoffs, but he's been essentially, you know, maybe a 5-6 defenseman. And if that's what he is being signed for at a million dollars, which is a reasonable salary, then I think it's a good signing. He probably fits in on the bottom pair as a penalty killer. He's a big, tough defenseman. Um, He's fairly defensively sound. It's just durability is going, is going to be an issue with him. That's why, um, you know, it's it's smart to have a plan B with Bogosian in terms of him being in and out of the lineup. You can't expect him to play 82 games. But again, it's a good economical signing and the type of player that, that the Leafs need, a, a physical player, somebody who will push back and, and hit and uh, clear the front of the net. So, yeah, it's, a, it's low risk, low salary and high return if he stays healthy. Would Kyle Dubas be accessorizing the team the way he has over the past week if his Leafs teams from a few years ago had pushed past the first round and beaten the Bruins and and moved on with the style of play that he wanted to employ originally? Probably not because if they had succeeded, I think that uh, you know he would have been proved that his high skill philosophy uh, had worked. But I think as with any good hockey man, they change with the times and change with the evidence. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Brendan Shanahan, Brendan Shanahan indicated after the season that we need to get tougher. You know, part of that is the core group getting tougher, but you also need secondary players, as we saw with Dallas, as we saw with Tampa, that secondary players and veterans being added to that core group help you achieve your goal. And I, I don't particularly think that they're done because if you look now with the addition of Bogosian, with the addition of Brody, they have like 10 defensemen. Uh, and, uh, you know, Travis Dermott is an RFA. They still have to sign him. Is it possible that they trade a Dermott or trade a Justin Hall to maybe replenish up front? That's uh, mm-hmm. possible. Is it possible that they, they trade him to clear – space to sign some other veterans. I'm not saying like Corey Perry is going to sign with the Leafs, but Dubas did say, well, we're looking out for veterans who will take minimum deals. And Bogosian took a minimum deal. Uh, Simmons took close to a minimum deal. There are other impact free agents that could be out there that they may look at as support players. I think that they're going to stay open to that. And there's also a possibility that they go the way of last year and trade for a player mm-hmm. that they can put on LTIR, like a Brandon mm-hmm. Dubinsky or a Mar- Marion Gabarik, to add another significant player. So there are options out there for critical Cal construction. Lewis. This might be the best top four group of D we've had in a long time. Yeah, I, I, I think you're you're probably going back to the you know to the early the late '90s, early 2000s with that group with Caberlet mm-hmm. and Yuskevich and 
Danny Markoff, you know, that, that group, uh, you know, Caberlet and McCabe later on when they added, added Brian Leach. I mean, it's, you know, it, this is, this is pretty good, but I, I still think that, you know, we, you again need to see how they, they fit together and play together. We were excited about Tyson Berry, and then we saw what, what, uh, what, you know, how that worked well, with Babcock, excited. and then later. Well, so, I mean, but, but, but the thing is, if and it's funny because Tyson Berry, uh, when he signed a one-year deal with Edmonton, sort of said the media in Toronto was tough, and and the fans were tough. It's like, well, you know, the media is fair and reasonable, and they ask tough questions. Uh, the fans are, the fans are yeah. fans. They're gonna get they're gonna get pissed off if they're told that somebody is one thing and then he shows another. And Tyson Berry didn't have a good year, and he was expecting to make seven or eight million dollars in free agency, and he signs a one year, three point seven five million dollar deal with Edmonton. So I think he's a little bitter that things didn't work out so well in Toronto that he's had to take a one year prove it deal. How are you with the setting Oilers. up the top two pairs of defensemen? Arish would like to know. Uh, probably it's going to, st- I would think it's going to start with, uh, Riley and, um, and Brody on the top pairing with Muzzin and Justin Hall as sort of a shutdown pairing. Uh, you could see, um, you could see Bogosian move up into that second pairing. If you run a really big shutdown pairing, uh, if Bogosian can stay healthy, I think there's going to be a lot of flexibility and a lot of changing around. Mm. It's again, it's going to see whether whether Riley fits with with Brody. The the hope is that they do. Um, you know whether Muzzin and Muzzin and Hall works worked well together, but I, I I still question whether Justin Hall is a top four guy. I I think he's more of a five six. So you could see him, and that's the other thing. You know you have to make allowances for what Rasmus Sandin does, what Miko Lettinen, the uh, kid that they signed from the KHL, what he does. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility there. So we'll this see. This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Oak Ridge Ford. Norm with Mike. OG's converts. You guys and girls new to the podcast, do us all a favor. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. It would mean a lot to us. Uh, I'd like to see us get to about 3,000 subs before the next season. That's not too much to ask. I think we're under 200 away from that. We should have way more subscriptions. Um, But I am very thankful that you come back to the podcast time in and time out. Thank you so much for that. Mike, I can't remember a week in which the Leafs have undergone such a transformation. OG's converts, uh, how would you rate the week that was for the Maple Brothers? Go to community and vote the word leadership is a dirty one um it's a uh, overused one it's an underrated one when it applies not only to the leafs but to to sports and um, you know is it real is it true is it something that matters for all the talent the leafs have had over the last several years you you can't say that this team was defined or or led by one individual who was um you know guiding the ship Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. Who was it? Do you think now, with the additions of bonafide veteran players, good old Canadian boys, do you think these guys bring that intangible, that leadership, that guidance, based on wisdom and sage that the Leafs have been lacking? It's possible. I mean, you'd have to say, I remember you know, back in the day when – you know, Matt Sundin was criticized as a leader because he wasn't a very vocal leader. 
that in 2000, the Leafs signed Shane Corson and Gary Roberts. And if you ask Shane Corson and Gary Roberts, they, they admitted that Sundin was a good leader. He just wasn't a vocal guy. He wasn't a physical guy. Uh, they were brought in to be mm-hmm. to support him, to provide that, uh, that backing and provide what Sundin couldn't provide. Yeah. So I, I think that you know the leadership on this team is Tavares, is Riley, is Matthews, and you know these players are being brought in to help them. And I think that you know Simmons will help with energy on the ice. I think Bogosian helps with his experience on the blue line. Uh, Brody is a solid player. Um, you know it will help in terms of just the, his talent. And maybe Anderson helps in terms of energy, but all of them bring different things. All everything that was seriously lacking with this team over the last couple of years. So you know we have to see how that turns out, how that you know how this mix you know, really fits together. But I think you know on the you know the first blush, it, it's been pretty good. You have to think guys like Matthews and Marner and and these cats uh, are pretty encouraged when they get the text or they see on social media that players like TJ Brody and Wayne Simmons and Zach Bogosian are added to their mix. Now they have to feel like, you know what? These guys have been around. Um, they're, they're a little bit older, clearly motivated to uh, finish off, um, you know, what they had started career wise in Toronto and, you know, potentially on a cup winner. It, it is not as if it's, you know, some unknown player that no one's ever heard of that uh, we, we really don't know what we're going to be getting. These guys are coming in to fill a role, a support role, but a an important role nonetheless. Yeah, I also think that these additions limit the excuses that the core yeah. group can make and that and that after the next season, depending on the results, if they if they fall short again, and yeah, by fall short, I mean you know they need they need to win at least a round and maybe two to show that this group mm-hmm. can take it to the next level. And if they don't, then one of them, probably Neander <laughs> or Marner, maybe 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 on the yeah. maybe on the way out. So it's I mean this is you know what Kyle Dubas and Brendan Brendan Shanahan are doing is saying we you know we believe in this core group now we we are limiting their excuses we're going out we're adding toughness we're adding a physical aspect we're adding experience on the blue line your excuses mm-hmm. are gone so now uh, show us. I don't want to lament it on, on Marner can that guy ever and, and he's just become a, a serious whipping boy uh, wh- whether it's fair or unfortunate, I, I don't really care. He's a great player, and he's he's he r- makes the Leafs uh, a lot better. Clearly, there's some issues uh, contractually that hamstring the team, but it is what it is, at least right now. But a guy like this, can he ever live up to the billing? I mean, he he plays a ton of minutes, uh, plays all three zones, uh, penalty kills, power play, will produce a lot of points, but will it ever be enough? And will he ever be able to provide statistically uh, what he is getting paid monetarily and have the two agree unless he wins a Stanley Cup and, you know, wins a con Smythe and scores the, the Stanley Cup winning goal? Last word to you. I think Marner can get the heat off of him if he plays up to his salary and that's you know that that's the thing it's like he's being paid his 
you know, somebody could, who could lead the league in scoring. And he has the talent and the capability to do that. You know, that if he falls short of that, you know, he scored 90 points in his, in the year before getting that big contract. It, he at least needs to put up that kind of offensive production to get the heat off of him. I think, you know, obviously we saw that, you know, Nealander had heat on him the year after his contract, then he scored 30 goals and the heat was off of him a slightly less. So yes, I think Marner can earn his way back into the good graces of Leafs nation. It's simply production. And I think if he plays with Matthews or if he plays with Tavares, he's very capable I worry of doing he's that. He's going to be run ragged though. Right. And I, I'm not sure that he'll ever uh, get credit for, for being the, the, the two way uh Jack of all trades kind of player that he really is. I mean, if he's not putting up a hundred plus points and perfection on the offensive end, when, you know, he's played serious minutes uh, shorthanded and, you know, he's doing a lot of things defensively. It's Mike at at the end of the day, I think people just want to see someone who's putting up major, major offensive numbers. Will his, will how he balances his entire game out, um, you know, be accepted and appreciated. Well, with great money comes great responsibility. And you know, that's a, that's, that's changing a little bit of the line from the movie gladiator, but it, it it pertains here. It's like, he's, he's making almost as much money as John Tavares Mm -hmm. and just less than Austin Matthews. And with that salary, they need him. Yeah. And and Mitch Marner's not alone. I think that's the key for all of these cats, the the top four uh, in particular. And it's got to start right now because uh, Kyle Dubas has eaten crow a little bit, changed his his tact, redirected the ship, and uh, they're going down a different path. So he's Kyle Dubas in a lot of ways is going all in here. Uh, he's brought in a nice complement of players for the Top Guns. Um, I'm excited about uh, what's to come because uh, <laughs> there's only one way for this team to go, right? It has to. Mike, thank you very much for everything you do. OG's Converts, if you're in Canada, happy Thanksgiving. If you're in the United States, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you too. And thank you for giving us uh, all of your uh, listening minutes. The Leafs Combo certainly appreciates it. Mr. A, have a good one.